Bread is literally 60% of a Big Mac. Okay, yeah, I guess so. No, no, no. It was a double quarter pounder with cheese. That's what it was. Hey, guys, and welcome to Sounds Like NYC, the only podcast dedicated to spotlighting New York City talent. And today we have a special guest that we picked up from a random bar in New York City. Cameron. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? you say it like that, it just makes it sound so sketchy. No, you, you made it sound sketchy. I, uh, I just uh, made it sound like things that happened in yeah. the city. And, and like, it wasn't You're like... You're making it awkward. It wasn't us picking... No, we didn't, like, actually, actually, like, no, no, obviously, no, 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 I mean, obviously, it's like, I started no, working... you worked there, and yeah, then you and made then, the connections, and yeah. they're like, oh, shit, you do art. I do a podcast dedicated to artists. Come on. Daniel's just a little talent scout. So we met at our job that we have at Pete's Candy Store, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really special place. Yeah, and we both started working there last year, right? Or yeah, I started in end of May. And I started like end of like July, so like only like two months apart. Yeah. Yeah, but um, for those who don't know, Pete's Candy Store is a really nice little bar slash venue over in Williamsburg. And We're not getting sponsored by them. I feel like... Not yet, David. Enough. Not with that attitude. Anyways. Yeah. What do you do? Um, we haven't even got into that. We got into, like, fucking Pete's. Yeah. <laughs> commercial for Pete's. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I do... I bartend at Pete's Candy Store on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, which has been a real gift just because it's allowed me to pursue my creative side and also make money, which is important. Mm. Um... I also do acting and writing and producing, similar to you guys, like producers, like, you know, you guys are pioneers and leaders. I have a question, right? What is producing? Because I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was just about to, like, like I don't really know. I feel like we just, like, think of ideas and we just do them. Is that what producing is? I guess. I mean... Like in the uh, theater role, like, yeah. what is, like, what is the role mm. of a producer? Well, I started a theater company in college called Wonderless Theater Company with my best friend Fiona, who I now live with still. We were producers. We were, like, pretty much running the whole thing. And so towards the end of that, once we got funding through school to put on productions, it was about coming up with a budget, which is kind of like the boring side, like pitching, like, hey, can you please give me money? I need this amount of money to do this thing. So I guess in a sense, if you get into, like, the real nitty-gritty of it, it's kind of boring and a lot of like technical work but I see it as the same thing as you guys it's sort of like I think of things that I want to do and for me a lot of times it's been easier to just do it myself instead of asking for permission or you know trying to get someone else to do it a lot of times it's just easier to be like not easier because it's a lot of work you know like everything you have to do for this podcast like I'm sure it's a lot of time and energy and you're own money, but at the end of the day, <laughs> like lots of our own money, yeah, lots of, yeah, <laughs> lots of our own money, yeah, our money, hey, 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 hey. lots of his money, yeah. the bank of David, <laughs> the bank of David, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because like when you say kind of like, um, no, no, that's fine the way it is, no, David, David, I set things up the way they are so they sound nice. I just like bugging Don't you. you come in it's here. It's been three months. I just like bugging. Yeah, but um, yeah, because. What have you done as a producer so far? Um, like, has it just all been your own personal projects, or is it a mixture of helping other theater or, like, active friends out while also um, pursuing your, like, own goals as well? Yeah. Um, in college, it was sort of a mix of both. I produced three of my own plays, which was really 
awesome and a great opportunity. But, you know, I also do want to create other people's work. That is also a passion of mine. And in fact, in college, I did a lot of like wearing multiple hats of like, okay, I'm going to produce this, direct this, write it, and act in that. And then I was like, this is a lot. Like, that's too many hats to wear. And so I slowly, like, started shedding certain hats. And then by the end, I was like, oh, if I'm going to produce something, I almost would rather it be someone else's work and let someone produce my work. Mm -hmm. Because it's just even uh, the show that I did at Pete's Mm -hmm. that I produced in September, it ended up. It it worked. It turned out great, but there was definitely that moment we were having technical issues with the live stream, like ten minutes before the show was supposed to start. And so I'm in the backyard. I'm trying to like ground myself, do vocal warm ups, and all of a sudden, Fiona, who was directing the piece, was like, "Cam, like the the live stream isn't working. This and that." And we had had probably at that point like fifty people who had agreed to like live stream it who couldn't make it there. And so I was like, we have to figure this out. Oh, and man. so then, and that was pretty much leading up to like right at the start time of the show. Mm-hmm. And so, and I opened the show with this monologue about breakfast sandwiches. And I'm just like, you know, the whole time, like my heart's just like beating super. And I, you know, so that's an instance where I'm like, oh, this is maybe I'm wearing too many hats. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but similar to you guys, I mean, I think what's beautiful about this podcast and your mission with it is to uplift other artists um, emerging, whatever point of their career they're at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would also like to do the same because it's a great way to also meet people and that's, you know, spawns into something else. I have a question that's sort of like, because I'm so used to like, all I've really ever known is like the musical aspect of like artistry or whatever. And I feel like you have some sort of like, you have a good insight on this because you do work at Pizza and you see a lot of like, musical performances like do you feel like Mm -hmm. it's harder for you or easier for you to do a show versus like you know a band or something like that i feel like it like for me i always thought like theater was like really expensive to like put on you know what i mean it's it's expensive to go watch right that too well that's why i'm assuming Yeah. yeah um i think a lot of and this is my same view i mean i went to college I got a theater degree, but what I wanted to do was film acting. And I got there freshman year, and I was just like, okay, so, like, we all want to be, like, X-Men, right? And everyone <laughs> was just like, what? No, we we want to do theater. And I was like, what? Theater? Okay, I guess I'll try out this thing. Mm-hmm. And started reading plays and getting really involved. And by the end of the four years, I was just totally in love with it. And it's totally different from film and television but there's so many aspects to it. And a lot of people just see Broadway, mm-hmm. which is great. And it has value and it's enjoyable, but it's such a small part mm-hmm. of what theater actually is. And especially in New York, it is insanely expensive to see a show. And it's not even always the best quality shows out there. It's just, you know, blockbusters that can make a bunch of money for theaters. And so I was able to find the beauty of, you know, with theater, you can technically do it anywhere and it can be super intricate or it can be super minimalistic. And that's a lot of the stuff that I tend to like to do, just like very like dialogue heavy, character driven, interpersonal pieces. And those can technically be done anywhere. It could be done at Domino Park. It could be done in the studio. And it's just about 
getting it in front of an audience. And that's kind of like the cool aspect of theater that separates it from film and television, mm -hmm. the, the interpersonal play with the audience. And yeah. Yeah, because with your, um, with, uh, with your play that you performed um, back last September, um, we were like talking a bit about it, just uh, like how like, long it was and just like um, the nature of it. And so it was essentially just like you and one other person that was kind of like performing, or do you mind explaining it more? Because I remember, because I had what was the I name of it that night. Yeah, yeah. What was, what the, was name the name of, of it? it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's called Fine Young Assholes. <laughs> Fine yeah. Young Assholes. Thanks. Yeah. So I yeah. wrote the first half of it in college, produced that, and that's just a two-person one-act play. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wait, you know, in films you always get a sequel. And I was like, I feel like this play deserves like a sequel. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a second play, um, which was initially called Tired Old Pricks. And then I ended up just putting <laughs> them together. And they can still function as two separate one-act plays, but then I just put them together. And so the first act is just two people. And then the second act brings in two more additional characters to kind of have that um, fun dynamic with. If you could give us just kind of like a synopsis about fine young assholes, because they won't want to see it. Do you ever? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I don't get? That's never really like. Just a side note. Um, you ever seen like in Barnes and Nobles when they have like those books that's like wrapped in like paper or something, like like a blind date with a book? Oh yeah. yeah. That doesn't intrigue me. Mm. Yeah, because you don't like reading. Yes, but also, <laughs> but like also, like I, I, I would never do that. I don't think. No, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's the play about? <laughs> it's um, two 20-somethings whose sort of chance encounter with each other leaves them questioning their morality. Mm. And I keep it pretty purposely vague just because there are different, you know, surprise elements in the show. And so I kind of, like, use that tagline and just, you know. And it's essentially just them having the existential crisis that they might be assholes. <laughs> Um, and they're 25 years old, like 24 turning 25 yeah. in the first play, in the first act. Yeah. So I think a lot of, I don't know, at least I feel that often. It's basically stemmed from me thinking, oh, shit, I might be an asshole. Yeah. And then writing that piece. And then also having another male friend who was just like, oh, yeah, like, I think I might be an asshole. And I was like, I feel like, you know, Man, this you is... You should get David involved in this. I one. know I'm an asshole, though. <laughs> like, there's no existential crisis about it. Like, yeah. I own it. Like, I am. It's okay. <laughs> My yeah. dad does the same thing. He always, He's just like, yeah, I'm an asshole, you know? And so it's just... Uh, there is something intriguing about people when they just own themselves and the totality of that and what that is. And if it's, you know, even if it's not, quote-unquote, like a good quality... If they're just like, yeah, I'm an asshole. And it's like, that's so much better than people who are assholes and do assholes things. And yeah. yeah. And they're like, yeah, I'm a good person. You know? <laughs> that's I mean, why I'm better I don't than think, you. I don't think necessarily being a quote unquote asshole makes you a bad person. You just, you're just, you just have like certain personality, I feel like. Because like, I don't think you're an asshole. I mean, with like all of our interactions and stuff like that, you seem like one of the sweetest persons like I've met. I mean, compared to. I have to deal with this guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> anybody's better, really. But like, yeah, like, well, why do you, why do you think you're, like, I guess, why do you think you're like an asshole? Um, if you don't mind getting a bit personal. No, I mean, I don't necessarily think I'm an asshole, yeah. but I think it's sort of, there are people from my past that would be like, oh, Cameron, yeah, she's an asshole. Mm. 
And there's people who'd be like, oh, Cameron, oh, she's kind of shy and quiet. And there's people who'd be like, oh, Cameron, like, she's got, like, she's so outgoing, like, she's friends with everyone. And there's people who would say I'm sweet and this and that. And so, and I have been all of those things. Like, there's times when I'm, like, more to myself. There's times when I'm really comfortable in myself and I'm, like, very, like, loud and rambunctious. And, you know, I've done shitty things and I've hurt people. And I've also been wildly compassionate and shown a lot of love to people. And so it's just, it's about all those facets of our personality and how they play out. Um, And just that self-awareness, I think, is important. Yeah, because I feel like, just in general, like, obviously because of, like, you know, TV shows, theater, just, like, um, the act of watching characters in general, like, through every, like, medium, Mm -hmm. like, kind of, like, distorts how we perceive other people. Like, we try and typecast, you know, people in our lives. Because, obviously you can only know so much about another person depending on how long you've like known them been around them mm-hmm. but like yeah i feel like everybody like people are so multifaceted but like we like tend to kind of like try and condense them to you know understand them better but like yeah i mean everybody has the capability to be super nice super compassionate but everybody also has like bad days and can and can like completely kind of like go off the rails you know yeah. yeah, that's every day. <laughs> that's every day for you. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, like a, as a writer, right? You you obviously have stories to tell. Like, do you have like a like a, an overarching like story that that is like something you try to like put into like every piece that you do, or is it just like whatever comes out? I I've done a lot of just drawing from my own personal experiences, um, sort of writing myself very much into pieces, in many different ways. Uh, Confessions of a Wannabe Slut is truly, a lot of it's just me. I call myself Carmen in the personal essay style monologues, and that's just like me. And that's the most raw and intimate I've ever been like in a piece of writing meant for theater. But yeah, I just kind of write about people and relationships. It's definitely, I, I gravitate towards relationship, mm-hmm. even a new play that I'm concepting uh, at the moment. It's still at its core. It's got a bunch of other stuff, but it's core. It's about relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because I've always been drawn to romantic comedies, romantic dramas, like dramedies, that kind of style of mm-hmm. shows or movies, because they're, I, I think they're so special. And when they're done right, they're just like timeless and they're memorable and fantastic and they get such a bad rep because, like, there are a bunch of bad ones and there's Hallmark movies and, you know. But there's also just really beautiful pieces. and Adam Sandler? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah technically, yeah. Exists, yeah. Yeah, for because, sure. Because, like, I feel like, I don't know, considering my own uh, romantic You are history, a romantic comedy. Yes, more, more I'm like here tragedy. for it. I'm here more, for more it. Like tragedy. It's very but, fun uh, to see. I just feel like, like, have you ever been in a relationship where you felt? Because I just feel like, I, 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 I almost feel like it's kind of like. No, 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 The romantic. No, no, no. Let me. Like, I just feel like, for the most part, like, romance and like media is never the way it is in real 
life. Obviously, that's that's almost like a cliche to say in of itself. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever been in a relationship where like it, it almost seemed like it was like you know a movie or like yeah more like romantic than like kind of like realistic, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in probably my first like real legitimate boyfriend when I was. 14 it was like my a first real legitimate boyfriend yeah, 14 but no it's it, I know it sounds so crazy and I tell everyone that but like he was the German foreign exchange student he was a couple years older and it genuinely like felt like out of a movie and especially because I was 14 yeah, right. it was my first like real delve into things so mm. I had all the like the rose-colored glasses. Mm. I was totally naive. Mm. And so I'm looking at this person. I'm like, this is so magical. Like, this is it. Like, it felt, mm. you know, I would watch rom-coms and be like, that's, that's us. That's, that's <laughs> us, right. you know? Like, I went to Germany to go see him, and I was just like, wow. we did all, like, this, like, touring around Germany. And yeah. I was like, this is this is a rom-com. Like, yeah. this is, I'm living it. And then, of course, like, that ended, and, like, all of that is what happens once the credits roll. But, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had that. I've had that once. But then you know, that's your first love, and I feel like, mm. um, I mean, that's different for everyone. But often, it's hard to ever get to that level of romantic comedy after that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, you just become more bitter and uh, cynical with age, right? Listen, it hasn't stopped since, <laughs> right? I I feel like I came out of the womb cynical. Yeah. Right. I don't know why. Oh, maybe there's something going on. Maybe my mom drank too much. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out that I am like this, yeah. right? But like, it, it's sort of weird because like I, I always tell you, like I want to get into sports because I want to feel like how like emotional people get. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because sometimes I don't feel like I I can get to that sort of level. I don't yeah, know why. No, yeah, I get that. Like I, I want to be like a fanatic about something. Yeah. I, I like mm. seeing like how angry these people get about like the fucking other team. Yeah. Like I don't want to be able to fight somebody just because they're wearing a different colored <laughs> yeah. team or something. You know That's I mean? such yeah. a real thing. That's like, yeah, to want to just like have that extreme yeah. passion for something. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean real. like it, it's sort of, I, I feel like that's why like I couldn't really, I didn't really end up pursuing music just because I didn't really have that sort of in me. Like most of the stuff that I did, it was like either it would never finish or like just came out wonky or like, I would just, like, gravitate towards covers because they were, like, already done. Mm-hmm. I was more like, okay, w- this is formulaic because it is. There's real no real, like, artistry for me. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know. Speaking of which, like, I, I just want to talk about um, kind of, like, w- what is it like going to, like, school for, like, acting or theater? Like, so high um, school musical. No, no, not even. I was thinking Victorious. Oh, Victorious? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that, that is, oh, like, wow. the yeah, reference yeah. that I have for, like, studying, you know, acting or, like, whatever. But, like, was it, like, yeah, like, what is it like? Kind of like to, kind of like the curriculum, the courses. It's, like, everybody kind of, because you know that whole, like, theater kid kind of, like, stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, I just, like, like every, every class is improv, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just improv. No, yeah, but what is it like, kind of, like, studying theater and like acting and like would you like recommend it um looking back now is it worth your money i i think so Mm -hmm. for me i know that any sort of thing in the arts nowadays so many of i don't know whether it's painting or music or acting there's Mm -hmm. always that back and forth of like is this worth it Mm -hmm. 
is it worth the money? Well, now I can just do it by myself. I can put myself out online, X, Y, Z. For me, I found it helpful just mm -hmm. because I didn't come from parents with uh, an artistic background. Mm -hmm. And my high school was a relatively not great public high school that produced one crappy musical a year. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't interested in that. So I didn't really have access to any of those tools growing up mm -hmm. and so it was nice to be able to go and just kind of immerse myself in right. that and it was great you definitely had the theater kids um no offense to all of my classmates who might listen <laughs> who, who did musical theater I think, her immediately yeah. yeah i think that the theater kid stereotype is often musical theater students mm -hmm. and they overall just have they do tend to have a different personality right um just like very outgoing energetic so a lot of people would look at me and be like you you do theater like you <laughs> yeah. okay that's and i'm like no yeah it's just it's it's different um but i i thought it was worth my money i learned so much it wasn't perfect mm -hmm. by any means but it was still a great experience and it's one of those things where i look back now and i'm like i can't imagine where my life would be if i hadn't done that um, and I'm happy with where I'm at now. So it's just like one thing led to another and brought me here. And so I look back pretty, pretty happy. But it's also with any, I've taken multiple acting classes in the city. And a lot of times with acting, there's a power dynamic and complex that teachers and industry people can get because they know that they have sort of this power and this knowledge and this tool, and they have a bunch of desperate actors who will do anything to, you know, appease them. Oh, man, that sounds... Like, the, the teacher's always right. Yeah. This person's... The director's always right. Mm -hmm. And I'm really sort of against all of that, and I think it's not a healthy dynamic. Um, I'm really a fan of collaboration. And, you know, even with any piece that I write, I want feedback from the people that I'm casting like, Oh, is that, is that line suck? Like, let me know. Like, I don't have an ego about it. I'm just like, Oh, that doesn't roll off your tongue. Like, let me edit it. You know? Oh, this doesn't make sense. Let me fix it. You know, like, give me your feedback. Like I want this to be us building something together rather than, you know, me just dictating because I have the quote unquote power in a given situation. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's like that in music. I can imagine. Um, Kind of like during your four years of like studying, kind of like acting at theater, mm -hmm. what was like the most, um, I guess, what was the most useful class that uh, you like took? Mm. Well, we did a semester abroad oh, in really? London. Yeah. Oh. Um, that was one of the drawing aspects of the program because they're like, if you get accepted, then there's basically a mandatory study abroad in London for four months and you're going to only take theater classes and go on a bunch of trips and see a bunch of theater. And so I was like, yeah. So that whole time in London was truly life changing. And mm. it's where I started find young assholes and just to be immersed, um, in those classes in the world and theater there, any kind of theater, even the stuff that's on the West end is so much more affordable and accept. Uh, accessible than it is here so it's cool I mean I was seeing on average at least a show a week sometimes two shows a week sometimes even three shows a week and it was just the best experience ever so that was probably you know the best 
class kind of best time. Yeah. Is it because like it, there's like it's less commercial over there? Like the rents are less. Like why is it cause? Why is it more accessible? I mean, I, I'm never concerned about kind of like the money. I'm more because I was watching. Uh, kind of like behind the scenes with like you know the latest Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. and like I that made me remember that both like Benedict Cumberbatch and like Tom Holland are both like British actors and like mm-hmm. it just seems like I've watched like videos in the past as well because even Alfred Molina the guy that plays Doc Ock I think he's also British as well like do you know why kind of because it seems like the UK or like yeah like like the acting tradition really started there it's just like kind of like the modern kind of like you know kind of like acting culture or like theater culture started mm-hmm. over over in like yeah the, UK, the quality is just yeah. different right. i mean that's why so many actors you're not even realizing you're watching a piece and it's like what all these people are british yeah yeah that's no, crazy yeah but like um, you know why like did you guys ever study kind of like the history i mean obviously you did right kind of like study the history behind theater and acting but like do you, why did it why was it like the uk that it kind of like bloomed mm-hmm. out of as to like another it's always country. people want something to do inside it wasn't shakespeare from england yeah mm-hmm. probably yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. probably um yeah. they just care about the arts a lot there's so many grants and so much money set aside to really investing in the arts and there's just a different quality of teaching and education there at least in terms of acting because we had one we kind of got our butts whooped because we had one teacher she taught our acting class and she's actually the daughter of bill knight the guy who science guy no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> the, 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 the British actor, uh, you definitely recognize him if you saw him. He was um, the tentacle guy in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, okay, yeah, It's been yeah, in yeah, about yeah. time, a yeah, bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so his daughter taught that class, wow. and she just looked at us like we Stupid were stoop, <laughs> like j- legitimately. She looked at us like, what? Because, you know... You really, I mean, acting school in general usually whips you into shape, but like mm-hmm. British acting school, they're like, what do you mean you didn't memorize this entire play and every period and every pause and everything in it? They're like, why did you, you change that, that word? No, it's like, it, they say you are not your, and that's a huge thing for them. Mm-hmm. It's just like specificity and promptness. And it doesn't matter if you got the play on Monday night you have to be in class on Tuesday with it fully memorized. And you have to know your lines and the other person's lines. And there's just, like, that extra step. And so we really, you know, at least for me, it's always just been repetition. Mm. It helps a lot if you get if you get a lot of rehearsal time with something and you get to just, like, go over it again and again and again. Like, that's really helpful. But I don't know exactly what it is because I wouldn't say I have a good memory by any means. Like, my best friend who I live with, um, we're best friends from elementary school. And she's always just like, yeah, you remember, like, I saw this person, so-and-so. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I don't, I don't remember that. I'm like, I don't remember high school. Even at this point, like, college is getting, like, kind of, like, blurry. I'm just like, I don't have a great memory, but I can also memorize an entire play. So. Yeah. What was the question or questions that you want to ask Rumor. us? Yeah. I was just curious about, like, your experience with theater as a viewer, like, 
do you do you find it accessible in New York? Do you enjoy going to see theater? Yeah. And like kind of like why or why not? So I've only been to one or two, no, I've only seen two two or three Broadway sh- no, two Broadway shows ever and that was like A Christmas Story and mm-hmm. uh Wicked. And I thought it was like really cool just like especially like Wicked, like I really liked Wicked. But the only reason I went on either of those was because I got the tickets for free. Mm-hmm. And that was like through my college. And no, one was one one was through college, one was through high school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I never thought of like, oh yeah, you know, let me just pay one hundred, one hundred fifty dollars to go see, you know, this you know, this like particular it show. It yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's expensive, but I do know that there's like local kind of like theater groups and stuff like that. I've just never been ex or or I just never went to go see a more a more like off Broadway sort of like show. Yeah. But yeah, what were you, David? Um, I mean I was lucky enough to like live in an area that had poor schools and so we had things like free trips to Broadway. Um so probably like two or three times we went to go see shows. I don't remember what they were. Really? And yeah. then I the last sh- Broadway show I went to was probably uh, Anastasia. I went to go see that with, with my fiance. Um, those tickets hurt. Buying those tickets hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. How much did the tickets cost for? It's like three hundred bucks for some shitty seats. I mean, it is pretty ridiculous because you're right. It's like you're paying hundreds of dollars for seats that aren't that good. And I don't think, I think a lot of it's just kind of classist. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Broadway in the U.S. is either seen as, like, a treat or just something that's not accessible to most communities. Um, and that well, I sucks. I guess abroad is just seen more like, more kind of like a general uh, form of, like, entertainment. Like, in, like, England, you were saying that, yeah, like, you went at least once once a week and mm-hmm. you, you were, like, talking a bit about how it's more affordable over there. Yeah. So it's just in America where, like, theater is kind of like put on like a pedestal in terms of just like affordability or does it just de- does it just does it just depend on like the property um, that's being adapted to like you know theater um i mean i think that definitely has something to do with it cuz it's you know if you're producing beetlejuice there's mm-hmm. so much licensing that mm-hmm. like comes yeah. from that um and especially a lot of times broadway shows will use you know, movie stars to yeah, bring sure. in audiences and those cost way more than, you know, right. another actor who's maybe not um, like Woody Harrelson. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. It's, it's complicated. I mean, you know, obviously the UK is a very classist place, yeah. like deeply rooted. Um, I think theater in general can just be super inaccessible. And that's something that I'm really interested in maybe changing mm-hmm. on any level. Because even for smaller theaters, well, first, it's like, whose stories are you telling? You know, is it just white male playwrights writing shows with primarily white casts? Mm -hmm. That's how it was for a while. And so now that's starting to change. And so, but you'll still see, you know, a show, even if it's written by people of color with a primarily, um, you know, diverse cast, but then you still look at the audience and it's still oh my God. it's still all <laughs> white people. Like, oh and that's like, you know, that I've seen that so many times on many different levels. And that's that's still frustrating because it's, you know, it's still only reaching such a small and that's still in recent years. And so 
I'm just really interested in how to change that. But, you know, there's so much media to consume nowadays. Right. It's mm-hmm. It can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, how do you pick and choose? Right. Especially in a city like New York, there's so many things going on at any given time. It's just like, okay, well, like, what's going to bring me out to that small theater off 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 Broadway mm-hmm. to go see this show? Mm-hmm. A lot of that's like who you know, but... I don't know. I'm kind of interested in actually, the engagement yeah, aspect. Yeah, because I actually wouldn't mind. Like, say, like, the most I would be willing to do is probably, like, $50, and that's just because of how tight my wallet is these days. But, I yeah, because... I do that. I'm cheap. I, yeah, yeah, I don't even want to do that to really? see a show. I, I would do... I mean, because I, I would feel do, like... I would do 10 bucks if I get a free drink. <laughs> but I think, I think, like, some of it has to do definitely, like, with the whole, like, dynamics of the art form. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, like the like Broadway or whatever example is like sort of like parallels to like big stadiums like for for musicians right Mm -hmm. and it's just like with like the dynamic is a little bit different like the way the audience interacts with the actual like art form is different Mm -hmm. because you can fit a whole bunch of people like tightly in like a Mm -hmm. a show Mm -hmm. and it still makes sense because you guys are still consuming that content Mm -hmm. I don't really know like how people would be able to do that if like they're scrunched up together they need to be like sort of like sitting down and just like watching the whole play mm-hmm. I think that has something to do with it too just like you can't really fit that many people in that space and so prices have to go up because yeah. you're paying like per square foot yeah. for sure yeah, no, yeah that yeah. probably has to do with it as well because like what are some like off-Broadway theater do you call them theater houses is that correct kind of like oh theaters um, that that like you would like recommend people go to if they want to see more affordable well, indie off Broadway and there's like off theater. off Broadway, right? Yeah. What does that, that mean? There's, there's like there's I think like off Broadway literally means like the places that are like off Broadway. But they're still kind of like okay, but they're still expensive, mm-hmm. right? Something we should like let the professional explain David instead of you, <laughs> uh, David explaining everything. Work. <laughs> yeah, because like okay, so like off Broadway. So continue. Yes, explain. So shut up. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, I'm still I'm still learning all of this too. Um, right off the top of my head, there's Theater Row often has shows, Signature Theater, Playwrights Horizon, the Public Theater, and then there's a bunch and of all like these smaller are, like, located like in um, this like in Manhattan or in Manhattan, yeah. yeah okay. um, just locally in Williamsburg, there's um, Brick Theater, yeah. um, and then a lot of other stuff. I'm still trying to figure out because you know I moved to New York um six months before the pandemic and initially a lot of the first six months it was just me finding a job and then working too much at the job because I was working at a restaurant and so I got sucked into like oh yeah I'm making money like I'm just gonna like work 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 and then finally that was September and then beginning of March I got of 2020. Yeah. I got headshots. Like I dropped the money. I was just like, I'm investing in myself and my career. I'm going to get headshots. I got headshots. And then I was like, I'm going to start an acting class. And I started an acting class. And then two weeks later, the lockdown. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Perfect Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. I have my money back and then I'll just take the pictures after. (laughs) A little bit cheaper. I know. I look back and I'm just like, people are like, that's, that doesn't look like you. And I'm like, great. Okay. I'll do it again. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah. So a lot of that, like a lot of it, I'm still learning because theater was one of the like main things where it's just like, oh, you really can't do this if there's COVID. Mm. And so, 
Yeah, I'm still just kind of learning and figuring it out. But Pete's has been great because it's given me that opportunity to create stuff and have a venue. But I'm still, I'm still a newbie. Yeah. Still, you know, I just turned 25. I'm not like necessarily like in a rush, but I'm excited to see what other theaters there are. I don't know if I necessarily want to start my own theater company again, mm -hmm. but it's something I've dabbled into. Wait, so what is a theater company? Is it just kind of like a group? Yeah, it deals with theaters, no. bro. <laughs> is it? Yeah, explain like what a theater company is for me who doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would classify it as like um, in college, our theater company, we were like, okay, we want to produce shows. We want to like start a like quote unquote theater company. So we're going to have a mission statement. And our mission statement was to explore life's illimitable questions through original pieces of theater. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. And we'd have our mission, we'd have our show. Every show was surrounding a question. Like what was the overall theme? Like what's the question? Something as similar as like, who are we if we don't follow the rules we strive to live by? Other Ooh. questions were like, can friends with benefits work? And then at the end of the show, we would have snacks and drinks and just engage the audience and be like, so what'd you think? Like, what do you think about this question? And that was a way for us to really involve the people. Because so, so much of the time you see a piece of art, whether it's Spider-Man or a show on Broadway or off-Broadway, and you're just filled with all these questions and thoughts, and then you don't really have a place to put them. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to give people an opportunity to express those thoughts and also meet other people. Because mm -hmm. like you might be sitting next to a stranger, and they say something really cool, right. and then you're like, oh, hey, wait, that's really awesome. Like, oh, cool. Oh, do you do this? Like, do you, oh, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And just start that conversation rolling. Um, so, yeah, that was sort of our thing in college and so I think it's just any company that wants to produce shows with a specific mission in mind oh, okay, um, so yeah but it's also you know it's it's work yeah. and so I don't know if I necessarily want to dive into that again I kind of I'm in the process of submitting fine young assholes to different places cool. and next I'll work on submitting confessions of a wannabe slut to different places mm -hmm. And now I'm working on a different show that I'll like yeah. try to submit. Do you think that if you move to kind of like a bigger theater or like a bigger space with with kind of like the uh, the uh, is it the crew kind of yeah kind of like the amount of people in the actual theater I mean in the actual production would change or like even if you were to be like on a stage twice as big as like the biggest stage you've ever performed like would you just still keep it down to kind of like you know you and like one other actor or have you yeah. designed your place to be scalable mm. depending on the size of the uh, yeah stage? um i think for something like fine young assholes mm -hmm. or even confessions of a won't be slut i think both of those could work like at a park or in a larger, like, proscenium-style theater, like mm -hmm. what most of Broadway is. Um, I think it would still work. You would obviously just need probably, like, mics on actors mm -hmm. if it was, like, a bigger show. But I've seen shows on Broadway. Um, one of my favorite plays, Betrayal by Harold Pinter. It's three people in the show. And they, like, it worked fine mm -hmm. in, like, a larger theater. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool. Um, a play that I just started 
really doing the beginning steps of working on is going to be like a much larger scale play. And so that's my first play that I'm working on where it's like, oh, this is going to need like a big theater and this is going to need like a big budget and hair and makeup and effects and fake blood and a, you know, a full like house set designed on stage because it's going to be about, it's going to be a farce and it's going to be about werewolves and it's going to be super dynamic and have like a six person cast. And so that's like the first piece I'm working on where I'm like, okay, that is not going to work at Domino Park. That (laughs) would work very well if someone wants to give me a lot of money and produce it in a larger theater. Like how would you go about like how do kind of like small theater companies or small independent pr- uh, producers like theater play playwrights producers whatever you should call them like how do you usually go about finding the funds to kind of like support um your projects like, yeah how, how is that like investor pitch sort of like done like what do you have to like it's, i'm assuming that's what it is right yeah right now i feel like i would consider going the route if I really wanted to produce something in a theater like if a theater is like hey we'll give you this space to have your show Mm -hmm. but you need to raise all the funds it's just like the rents because that happened um, right after Finding Assholes someone was just like oh you should use this theater I can get you in and I was like that's really cool and then the theater space for just like one night on a weekend was a thousand dollars and it's like you do all that work (laughs) yeah you you would like you would want if you do all that work you wanted to at least have say three shows it's three thousand dollars just in the show space and then there's that theater i think probably like 40 yeah no i mean it's crazy and i mean it was in the east village so i mean rent but oh yeah yeah, that's that's like doable. Twenty five bucks a ticket. Yeah, but that's if you get on forty. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just like, like breaking breaking even. It's breaking as well. even. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's so hard, but it's just like it's a matter of investment and return. So for Fine Young Assholes in September, financially, uh, like I put in all it was all my own money, mm. and then the return wasn't financial. You know, I didn't make money off of tickets or anything, but the return was recognition and like you know i you know you being like oh you just did a show here like oh you (laughs) went to that point i didn't because i saw the poster for like weeks on end passing by and i would like read it but it but but like i never put because i I don't even think i knew your like last name Mm -hmm. until like more like recently so Mm -hmm. i was like oh is this this like like i really like the design so i would always like like look at it Mm -hmm. when i like pass by the same first name yeah (laughs) literally like until the day of when i for work i'm like oh oh yeah yeah Yeah. no it's so like it's it's so easy to do that just like not put like oh um but yeah it just kind of it gave me for the for the first time uh since moving to new york and in the pandemic it gave me something to be like oh because when you're an artist you guys know every everyone's always like what are you working on what are you working on now and it finally for once i was like oh i'm actually doing a stage reading on my show Come through. They didn't like, come, come through. through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, it's, it was I, I so nice. Come, bro. I was just asking. <laughs> exactly. Was no, but it was, it, was, it was cool. And so, like, and then people saw me not just as, a, as the bartender, like, oh, Cameron, the bartender. The bartender yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it's just like, oh, like, oh, Cameron, like, oh, yeah, she's in, 
she's an actor, she's a playwright. Mm -hmm. right. And just having that, because when people start to, s when people see you the way you want to be seen, it's easier for you to see yourself that way. Sure. And so for a lot of my time, like pre the six months pre-pandemic mm -hmm. and even like, you know, in the midst of all that, or like the restaurant I was working at for the first year and a half that I was here, mm -hmm. no one saw me like that. Mm -hmm. And so it was so easy to like not see myself as that, even though I knew that's why I wanted to be. And so just that now, just like leading the ball rolling and then the connections that can come any place, but specifically at Pete's, like people being that's like, crazy. oh, hey, yeah. you're, an, you're an actor, like Cam's a playwright, like you guys should connect, yeah. you know, like, oh, you do this, xyz yeah. and that that has been the best return ever yeah. and yeah you literally paid yourself an exposure <laughs> yeah expo it's I mean, so huge yeah until like until you get the yeah until someone until like yeah. the right person is like in the audience and is just like i want which i guess is like what happened did that happen in la la land I, I don't know. With La La Land. I, I know that it was the best thing since like sliced bread when it came out like five years ago, but like I never watched the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never even wanted to. I didn't see the. I didn't see I mean, the thing. It seems. It seems like. A, it seems like a cute movie, but I just never had. Um, I like you know right. I, I like when you know Ryan Ryan Gosling is uh, driving cars. So Baby Driver is the only Ryan Gosling movie I've watched. He wasn't in Baby Driver. Wait, he wasn't? Oh, no, he was in Drive. He was in Drive, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was Jesus. like, oh, I was I, like, I, wow. I, I just kept quiet. About yeah. <laughs> I saw, I like, I saw yeah, your please. face. From uh, Fault in Our Stars was, was Baby Art, wasn't it? Oh, 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 the guy that died. Ansel Al Gore, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> As I say, I think I would have liked Baby Driver a lot more if Ryan Gosling. Cars to somewhere, I think. Yeah. They're both about white guys driving cars away from cops, yeah. so I'm technically right. It's fair. My dad yeah. would say they all look the same. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. No, because it's it's funny that you mentioned kind of like you didn't start to see yourself the way you wanted to see yourself until other people started seeing you that way, started recognizing you that way. And it's some like specific psychological phenomena that I'm forgetting the name of, but um, I just wanted to pivot this conversation towards kind of like the role of like social media within like theater because I feel like. For like, for like most people, the only reason they're on social media is to validate, you know, their self-image and kind mm -hmm. of like post this version of, of themselves to the world that they in turn want the world to kind of like confirm back to them. Mm. So, you know, just, you know, musicians posting, you know, pictures, you know, photo shoots and like them playing guitar or, or, or like them doing music in order to, you know, get their brand out there and in turn mm. to have that brand eventually build up to where that brand will kind of like satisfy their ego but also be like monetizable. So like do like how does social media affect the uh theater world if like if like it does at all like it, because of social media, like do you think more people are in interested in theater or like I'm gonna stop talking now. Yeah, David. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> um yeah, I have a mixed feeling about social media. I think that it, I don't think it's all good. And I don't think it's all bad. I think it depends on who or what you're following and what you're using it for. Um, I personally, I try not to always be on it, but 
it is a good way to stay in contact with people or let them know what you're doing, especially people who aren't like your close friends, like people that you're just like acquaintances with or like met one time. And it's a good way to be like, Oh crap, that person's doing a show. Like maybe I'll check that out instead of like, you know, having to text them and not, I mean, who wants to do that? That's awkward. I'm not good at that. Um, Was there anybody that just saw you posting about fine, fine young assholes is, is that mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> uh, about Great fine host. young assholes? Awesome. <laughs> about fine yeah. young assholes that only through like seeing you post about it. Yeah. Oh, like, it's, oh really? Yeah. I think yeah, yeah. A better question is like how do, how does like a playwright or, or you know something like that like how do you market it? Because like I don't really get how marketing a, a play would work. I mean, all I really see is just like posters and like come to my show and that's sort of it. Like how like mm-hmm. do you know like anything that's worked or? maybe experimenting, you know, try to get more people in the door. Like, how does that work? Mm, Yeah. I mean, at least for Fine Young Assholes, um, I was thankful enough that I had a full house. And in fact, I had to turn a lot of people down. Like, my dad was just like, oh, can I invite, like, all my friends? And I was like, no. I was like, I have space for you and mom, and that's it, you know? And I had a bunch of friends who were like, oh, can my, my friend tag along? And I was just like... No, I was like, I love you. I want you here. I can't, I can't have like, and that even happened, you know, I had like people because they kept advertising it when I was working trivia, Mm -hmm. the hosts really sweet, like every week leading up to it, they'd be like, come check out like Cameron's show. And I like towards the end, I was just like, no, I'm like, please don't. I was like, I don't have space for these. And I I don't want it to be like that because ideally I would have a good mix of like friends and people I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was really I was really fortunate to have that just like a strong community of people who like want to support my work. But in terms of like really getting it out there, um I think I think I might have to get a little more creative on social media kind yeah. of like, but I'm so bad with all that. I don't know how to do a reel. I barely know how to make a post. And it's sort of like it's a funny thing because like this day and age like we we just tell people like yeah you're an artist you're a one-man show you can do everything Mm -hmm. but sometimes uh, a lot of these artists that we have on is just like well yeah i can but the only thing i really like know and the only thing i'm really passionate about learning more about is my art Mm -hmm. i don't want to do that like it's great that i have the option it takes a lot of work yeah Yeah. i don't want to to do that so it's like yeah i don't want to learn how to be a social media manager i mean that's great for people who do that you know make a career off of that but i'm like that's so much work like i'd rather spend time writing Mm -hmm. or going out there and meeting new people but i do think like at the end of the day like good old-fashioned like as much as we can go out and interact with people yeah i worked through most of the pandemic because i was working at a restaurant so i Mm -hmm. went back like relatively early a lot earlier than my friends who were doing like work from home Mm -hmm. and it was it was a little scary at first, but then it was a gift because I just got to socialize with people again and in person and it helped readjusting back into like quote unquote normal life Mm -hmm. easier because I had friends, so many people, you know, we, our social skills kind of, um, yeah, (laughs) diminished. Yeah, exactly. Because we like, weren't used to interacting with people. It was, it was amazing. (laughs) <laughs> I would jump on the train. There would always be a seat, no matter what time of day. 
Yeah. There was no mm-hmm. kids on the street coming out from school. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. That I miss it. Oh Hopefully we'll be God. back there soon. That is God fair. It was peace. nice to just city bike down like Manhattan and like empty. That was nice. Yeah, I did I was like only that. In Canarsia, so I was not coming. It was out. empty regardless. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was just like even more less people out on the yeah. streets and stuff like that. Yeah. One one question that we like to ask or that we always ask as we like you know end off end off the podcast episode is like how do you think New uh, New York City uh, affected and changed you like as a person or like as an artist but it just seems like this whole podcast you were just like telling us about the different ways you know the city has affected you but yeah I mean if you were to like sum it up nicely like how do you think my question my, whenever I ask that question it's never that long. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel like New York City has changed you as a person or an artist? Yeah, um, I I just so I just love New York. I, so I just love New York, and I might have like you know, a, I don't romanticized view of it at some points, and I totally acknowledge that. Um, but it's where my dad grew up. Like he grew up in the Bronx, and all of my dad's side of the family is from Yonkers, and so like I just like grew up going mostly like into into the, the city but like not into like Manhattan and uh Brooklyn until I was older and so there was always like that aspect about it like my dad's just like you know to this day like he just feels like a New Yorker and I you know being raised in that like there's just a I mean you guys are both from here like there's just a certain like sense of a person and yeah, I just I just love it here. It just makes me happy. And so it's one of those things where I I'm just happy regardless and I'm even happier when I get to do what I love, which is acting and writing and whatnot and working with people. But it just makes kind of every day still a solid day, even if I don't get to do that, even if I'm just going to make drinks at Pete's. But it's also just New York, I mean, there's every type of food, every art form, every store, everything that you can imagine Mm -hmm. in such a small geographical area. And that's, I think that's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, You have anything else to uh, hound me about, David, or? No. No, no, no. Really? I'm good, yeah. So you're going to let me do the outro? Yeah, give me a minute. <laughs> no, but uh, Cam, did we did we even mention Cameron's Cameron's like last name? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't want to like try to pronounce it. Coming <laughs> <laughs> uh, from somebody who's like is Spanish, it's, a, it's uh, your dad's Ecuadorian, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, like, how do you pronounce it? Yeah. I can't do Ecuadorian last names. <laughs> really? That yeah. that different from from Mexican last names? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I right, do you want to? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Cameron Villavicencio. Well, that is hard. Via Vicente. No, no, David. Via Vicente. <laughs> that's hard, David. No, see, when I, for some reason, when I It's a lot of your, letters. When it's I saw your name, yeah. I got dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. And I was like, I'm going to fuck this up so bad. Hey, it's, it's, yeah. I, I saw at the beginning yeah. of the yeah, podcast cause, cause when you introduced, I, like, I heard you, yeah. I heard you just be like, Cameron. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, don't make, <laughs> like, said, like, like, don't make me say oh the last God. name. Because I, I was like hoping either you or you would no, David, you're like, the blame wouldn't be on me. David, you like, always introduced the artist, though. Plus, you're Hispanic. I would have assumed. It's oh, like, look. Yes, I'm yes, brown, yes. right? <laughs> I'm uh-huh. brown, David. Come on. No, you're, you're more 
a caramel. <laughs> I get it. It's when you see it on paper, it's twenty yeah. letters long. It's just like, what is that? Wait, your last name or your full name? Oh, the full like Cameron. Okay, okay well, say, like it's a you see it and you're just like, no, like no. it doesn't fit in any boxes. Bad. I listen. That's a cool yeah. name, uh, Cameron Via Vicencia. Via Vicencia. It sounds like an actor. It sounds like you're gonna become like a famous actor one day. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned, cool. people. But thank you everybody for coming back to Sounds Like NYC for the new year. This is our first episode, you know, since, like, when? Yeah, yeah, we forgot. But, yeah, thank you for being our first guest. Um, for thank the you new for year. having me. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. This is awesome. So I've been Daniel. And I've been David. And uh, thank you so much, Cameron V. Via Vicencio. Via Vicencio for coming on. Is Thank it you. uh or oh? It ends with an O, right? Via Vicencio. Yeah. Oh, uh, vi- uh, vi- <laughs> 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 oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>